On this episode of Quantum Week, November 1st through 7th, 1999. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. Um, We are in uh, November of 1999. This is our Patreon episode talking about the Bone Collector scar tissue by the red hot chili peppers right uh this is a patreon show so uh thank you very much patrons of course yes thank you. uh and then uh wednesday we are back with a huge show huge show uh we're talking blair witch project uh we're talking uh, limp biscuit nookie with jerry carabas the rocket the rocket you know what i was wearing when, in that interview i i was wearing the rocket shirt underneath i didn't show anybody but i just i just had it there just in case that's weird yeah. uh so we uh we did already tape it so if we i'm talking past tense, but uh it, but you were here on wednesday it's it's really good he was awesome yeah, it was great. um super nice of him to do it beyond nice yeah I mean, like he gains nothing <laughs> and he was awesome he's like he uh, so i messaged him after and he's like we can do it again you know let's do it again sometime like he's so nice he couldn't have been nice couldn't have been more gracious of his time i think you guys would really enjoy the the interview um we talk um, obviously the movies, but we also talk some like 1999 All Star Game. Uh, we, yeah, because he just had an interview with Duquette. Yeah, the interview with Duquette, which yeah. I actually recommend listening to that if you're a baseball fan and you want like a primer because we do kind of reference that. It, uh, plus, it's also really good. And if you love like old school GM talk, which I do, uh, it's the Section Ten podcast. Uh, you can listen to that Dan Duquette interview. I, I can't recommend it enough. I really enjoyed it. I uh, yeah. He talks about. The process, like when they traded for Pedro, he only had one year left in the deal and they had to extend him. And he kind of talks about like the gymnastics of like, oh. fuck, how do I sign this guy? And then he had a kind of a, a trick in his back pocket he used to get him. It was it's really good. I, I can't emphasize enough. Uh, check that out. And then we are back uh, next week, obviously with that, with that Jerry Carousey, but we're back also that week is monster week. We are, we have the sixth sense on that Saturday show. Yep. And then we, uh, we have the Patreon show uh, is American Pie. Right. So it's, a, it's a huge week. And then we, uh, we, are, we are taking the next week off. We're both, Matt and I, both going away. And then, uh, but you, Patreon, Patreons, will still get a show that Sunday. You guys will get uh, Mystery Men. Yep. So, so there you go. There you go. Anything else with uh, any, like, news we got to? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Shall we get into the Bone Collector? Yes. Noyce, uh, Philip Noyce is the director of The Bone Collector. I don't really like his movie. He's only done, he actually, Rabbit Proof Fence I really liked. Have you ever seen that I have one? I not. It's pretty good. Um, and Peter Gabriel did the soundtrack for it. I think that's probably why I was tuned into it because I, mm-hmm. I don't even know if it hit the theaters in America. It might have been an Australian film. So, but uh, he's not, he's kind of like an, I feel like he's a very average director doing very average things. And um, this movie is below average. This is probably in his lower echelon of uh, movies. What do you think? Uh, the Bone Collector is fucking trash. Not good. This movie sucks. Mm. All right. Well, so this movie is bad. And I give it, I'm giving it a D, a D for a dumb. Okay. D is fine. D, but, D is not fine. Well, D is, I think, sucks. I think D is above trash though. Don't you think? No, that's trash. This movie sucks. The problem is Denzel and Angelina are pretty good. They're not. Denzel's good. He's he's fine. It's he's good. He's, you can see him like when, I know he, uh, he spends most of the movie because he plays a paralyzed person. Yes, he's in bed. and he spends the entire movie kind of in bed. You can see him like checking his account to make sure the direct deposit cleared. <laughs> <laughs> like, like every like two weeks, you can see him. Oh, like, you think he made the it screens? Is like his bank account is like uh, you, no, man. I think he he definitely pulled out all the stops for this one. You can see him like because the next movie he did was Hurricane. After this, you can see him yes. like reading lines about Hurricane. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it's like, oh god, this movie is not good. This is so dumb. This is one of the dumbest movies we've covered in the show. Um, so I would have rather have seen uh, the porn version, the boner, the boner collection. Collector. I was thinking that same fucking thing, the boner collection. Collector. But, okay, so this is movie's called the Bone Collector, right? Yes. The guy's not collecting bones. He's not. I mean, he's sort of sharpening one and, and leaving them in the crime scene, but he, he's not keeping them. He does not keep. He, he leaves, doesn't keeping them. He leaves the bones at the. So he's, so even the title is a fallacy. Yeah, it should be the bone lever. Yes, that would have the been bone more apt. the boner lever. The boner lever. Which is, <laughs> the boner. This movie is so dumb. So I mean, do you just want to walk through how stupid this movie is? Yeah, blow yeah, by blow. Sure, or, sure, or sure. you want to talk more about Philip Noyce, this fucking hack? Well, he's not. I mean, he's done so so clear and present danger, and the other one, yeah, Patrick, they're okay. They're okay. They're okay. And but I do think Rabbit Proof Fence, Fence is pretty good. I've not seen. It. Yeah, you should see it. Um, no, Dead Calm's okay. Dead Calm's a good movie. Yeah. And actually, Dead Calm is shot really well. It is. And this and movie is shot really badly. This is yes. like this is like if one of those CBS movies, like Criminal Minds, <laughs> like got. Uh, this is like this is what you're watching. You're watching a two hour, like a, a, a super sized version of Criminal Minds. Sure. Without some of the witty repartee of that brilliant <laughs> cast. True. It's true. And also somehow they like lost funding to be able to shoot properly. <laughs> there are so many shots of this movie that are coming from below, like looking oh, up. I know. And I know. tilted angle off. Yes. It, but, but no. But the. the Usually when you're doing that, you're showing power. Yeah. But it's not the case here. It's just random shots of looking up. You also have in Michael Rooker, who is a fine actor. He's fine. He I he, like Michael Rooker. People blow him because of The Walking Dead. Fine. He's good. I actually like Michael Rooker. I used to think he was underrated. Now he's over. Whatever. He's fine. He's yeah. properly rated. He's good. He's fine. He, and it's not his fault. No. He is, like, they try to make it seem like he's the bad guy, but they try so, it's it's a wild amount of, like, mental gymnastics to try to make him seem like he's the villain. Yes. They try so hard. They have so many shots of him literally sitting in a car, scowling. Yeah. Just to prove that he's the bad guy. There yes. must be at least a dozen of these shots. There's also a half dozen of him in his office, like, at his desk. Yes. We're doing nothing but scowling, listening to a radio. So, it is madness. So he's not the bad guy. He's just inept. That's right. the problem. That's what you're left with. Is like this guy's just he's just um you know impeding police process and fucking inept. He's just got a huge chip on his shoulder. So, so he's he's a big douchebag who's a captain in this fucking place. This was written by J- Jeremy. I want to make sure I get the name right. Iacone. Iacone. I A C O N E. It is, but only Jeremy Iacone. Yeah. Uh, so he had done like two basically like direct to video kind of movies. Like one was Stephen Baldwin before this. <laughs> then he directs this. He now this is based on a novel. Um. Uh, called the bone collector by jeffrey deaver um is it the one that they reference in the movie no no i don't because that's what i don't think so i think that's no 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 no, this, like, no the book is like the book okay like, like right, about yeah. like this lincoln rhyme character okay um so he adapts his book makes this movie. this movie is horribly written like ridiculously so but the movie made a lot of money. It made 158 million worldwide. It made like like 120 domestic. It made a fucking huh. shitload of money. Like this number one. That's why. So we got to let Moss Dudley off the hook. So Moss Dudley, we got to give him props for being able to talk about Fight Club. Oh yeah, absolutely. Really yeah. fun movie. Yeah. We got. You know, I'm, I'm going to take a big dump over Moss Dudley talking about <laughs> Princess Mononoke. That, that boring ass movie. Oh god, go away, Princess Mononoke. But you got you, this. This is not his fault. No, it's this not. Is, I know this it's still number one. Still was weak. Yeah, this was number one. We had and to we, do it. We were really limited with because Princess Mononoke. Shocking. No one saw it because it's fucking lame. Um, there, there weren't a lot of weeks where it was in the box office, so this this just kind of worked yeah, out. Yeah, it had to work. Yeah. So he did. He did want Fight Club. He did want Mononoke. So he gets credit and blame there, but nothing. This is not his fault. Here. No, no, no. Had to do it. Uh, we, we we can really blame Mike Coney. Um, so he he writes this. This movie makes a, a really a good amount of money. Yeah, I yeah. think it uh, even tripled its 
Um, it's a, it's a budget. Wouldn't it cost, wouldn't it cost very much? I mean, I mean, it cost under 40 before promotions, marketing. Yeah. So let's even boil that up to like, it made twice as money. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Um, never writes again. In fact, well, he wrote a short in 2014 and I guess he was in it, but he had not done anything. So I did. That's 15 years after. What the fuck has he been doing? I did a deep did dive. You I tried. Like I didn't find, he has an Instagram page. It's private. So I couldn't yeah, get in yeah. there. I don't see any other, uh, like there's nothing, no evidence of him on social media. Like, like he literally did two shitty movies that are just like this shitty. I'm sure, I'm sure shit. I never saw it, but Stephen Baldwin. Like, yeah. Yeah. What are we doing here? Right. Yeah. Like garbage junk movie. And he does this, which is a garbage. Junk movie. just, just has a bigger cast and, and you know, noise right. as a director has some acclaim, especially back then. He, we came off two Tom Clancy movies, you know, like he, yeah, more, there's that. I mean, right. <laughs> not, not acclaim is the right word, but like some power, maybe is a better word, but like how many writers have written a $150 million movie, you know, that makes hundred fifty million that never just goes again? away. Maybe he had some mental issues or maybe he had a family tragedy or something. Maybe what? he read his own work. I don't know. Like, okay. like, <laughs> right. like, I mean, this movie did get dragged a little, you know, quite a bit critically. Um, yeah. But I mean, a lot of movies do and they still come back. The writers still come back and write stuff. Well, Eber gave it two stars. I mean, that's not exactly burying it. I mean, it's no. just kind of okay. It did like, a, it did under 30% Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. right, it's not like single digits, but like it's bad. And when you consider who's in it, I mean, you have, Jesus. Angelina Jolie, Denzel Washington. Angelina Jolie, by the way, won an Oscar. Before this? This year. For Girl Interrupted. Oh, yeah, I forgot. So, like, the next movie she made. And then the next movie, uh, Denzel, Denzel Washington. Denzel does her game. He, he, and he got he nominated. Got nominated right. And he had already won an Oscar for Gord. And you got Ed O'Neill, who's good. You've got... Uh, well, let's, 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 I like Ed O'Neill. Let's, let's say so. So, we have, what two, we have two... He's it's fine. It's great. He's, 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 Love and marriage. <laughs> world-class actor. Modern family. It's just... It's a riot. Can't stop laughing. I've never seen that. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Do you know it exists? Do you know it <laughs> yeah, exists? You know it exists. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you have two Oscar... Uh, you know, uh, Angelina Jolie, weird person. I will admit, I've, I've seen very few of her movies... Not for me. I don't really like her acting style. It's just not for me. But regardless, she won an Oscar. Like, so you have her at the height of her acting prowess. Because she won an Oscar that year. Like, yeah. Not power-wise, but simply talent-wise. Yeah, I can see Okay. That. Okay. She hadn't gotten, like, none of the weird stuff. Like, she hadn't... No one knew she carried Billy Bob Thornton's blood in a vial. <laughs> right. She hadn't yet even met Brad Pitt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's... And then you have Denzel, who doesn't have any of the... Um, not, like, headaches, but, like... Right, but like none of the like the baggage the, from my like training day sure or not that he really he's such a good actor he can walk away but like but he still is like kind of younger enough to like and obviously still talented enough to get an academy award nomination i don't know if i've ever seen a movie with two people who both get nominations this that very same year be this bad i mean i can't imagine it exists the best thing about this movie is queen latifah's character yes she's good Dude. Hey, okay, so we're, we're doing spoilers. So if, if you haven't seen this movie, yeah, fuck just, it. Yeah, yeah. Dude. By the way, this movie is available uh, for free on Peacock. If you have that. I don't. Um, so, I, dude. I know, but I'm talking to the audience. Uh, Queen Latifah. Dude. <laughs> they fucking, like, they kill her dude, off. Dude, they brutalize. They, like, they don't knife her. So, no, they don't just knife her. Yeah. He stabs. Oh, so, he, what happens is Queen Latifah, who is nothing but a heroic, kind figure, this entire movie. Yes. She spends most of the movie doing a puzzle, which. I will say they call it the puzzle master. If you watch it carefully, she at most has like a third of that puzzle finished. Yeah, not, and only the lot. corners. Yeah. Not a great puzzle no. master by any means. And she's there like, it seems to be 24 hours a day. Yeah. She, she thinks she could do a little bit more of that puzzle. She comments about how like she, she needs to, uh, you know, don't die in my shift. Kind of making a uh, kind of a morbid joke. It's fine. But she never seems the to shift have. The shift is never, never ending. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think she sleeps there. So she, she, but she's a very kind and she actually 
acts really natural. I mean, it's always Queen Latifah being Queen. I mean, she's even like that. In no, Chicago. she's good. It's she's, always it's, she's charismatic. Yes, she's a strong character. And in she's this good. particular role, it worked really well. Totally, kind of like a you know doesn't take any guff. Yeah, kind of character can play well with Denzel. Yes, um, and also doesn't seem to be trying too hard. Yep, fine, really good. Yes, you. She's <laughs> like the one character you kind because Denzel's character is kind of weird. Other people kind of do some weird things. She's and Angelina Jolie is just she not likable at all. She does some weird stuff. So, um, but. Queen is like one person you could like. Yes. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for this person, you know? The bad guy comes to the door and doesn't just stab her. They show, they don't show the, they don't show like the wound, but then they show his arm like jutting in different directions. Yeah. So like you, you can imagine like you see the arm movements of her stomach He's just like, being like pulled out her. this hallway. Oh. And all she's doing is protecting Denzel. That's it. And the movie then, then Denzel beats the bag, or Denzel and Angelina beat the bad guy. The most, the most ham-handed, most obvious thing you can imagine. What, he bites his neck off? Bites his neck, but then she shoots him right as a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, The yeah. bad guy's about to yeah. plunge the neck into the paralyzed Denzel, and then right as he has the neck, the, the knife raised, shockingly, he gets shot yeah, by exactly, Angelina. Yeah, yeah. What a it's the frequency move, basically. Yes, it is. Right, right, <laughs> yes. I can't argue that. But uh, fucking, but then they don't talk about so her. So then the movie ends. Ever. The, end, the movie ends like, as, as, like a little coda where they're at Christmas. And Angelina, for some reason, wants to fuck Denzel, even though Denzel is oh, a good That's a weird, weird Very thing. handsome guy. He is a handsome guy, but, but he's paraplegic. He can move one finger. One finger. Which by the way was broken by the bad guy. So oh, move, exactly. No cast on that finger. Right, no, no sign of a break. Um, so they have this Christmas where everyone's happy. No, once they met, I thought, I thought we'd get a thing like, oh, let, you know, let's talk about the Queen Latifah scholarship or let's talk about, yeah. well, aren't we glad we have Queen Latifah? Let's pour one out for Queen Latifah. Yeah. There's nothing. Nothing. They were just laughing. It's fucking terrible. Everyone is so happy. It's so bad. No terrible. one is happier in this movie than when Queen Latifah dies. And it's not that long after. It's maybe five or six weeks later because I think it was, what was it's it? Christmas. The date was like 11, like a, oh, no, a November 9th or something. It's, it's a month after. And fucking she's been brutalized. In your blood home, like, all over the floor. You. Protecting you. And they don't give dead. a fuck. I mean, now I Denzel's don't give a fuck. Denzel's laughing. He's having, <laughs> he's having a great, he's having a great time. Angelina's hot, like, <laughs> touching his one finger. She's yes. like giving his finger a hand job. <laughs> A digit job, <laughs> but like, and what, what did the director think? Like, just because so that in the same scene they kill off the fucking asshole, uh, uh, the Rooker character, whatever Booker character, what's the his name? Rooker, Rooker. Yeah. Rooker character. The he, dies in the same hallway as he dies in the hallway. We don't see that. We just no. see him like slip. No, slip over. I know. But it, so sometimes is that supposed to like offset the Queen Latifah thing? Oh, good thing he's dead. Right. But you know, so we don't feel as bad about Latifah. Yeah, That's bullshit. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, it was, it was so bad. I was like, and then the movie is. I'm like, what? Happened to Latifah? They never. You don't see like anybody carting her body, no. body off. They don't. No one trying to rus- resuscitate her. They do show like her stomach ripped apart. So, but I guess there is like a way. This movie's so dumb anyway. You could have had it so she lives. I kind of get waiting for her to kind of come in like in like a yes. walker and be like, oh, I made a it wheelchair. Or I made it to Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Um. No, of course. Not. So this movie is uh is idiotic. Uh. He. Meanwhile, Denzel is a former. So <laughs> so stupid. And they use slow-mo in the weirdest ways, but they, they do a slow-mo of him getting paralyzed, yeah. which happens because he's in like a, um, in a tunnel and he's uh, trying to uh, see the body of a, a police officer that died. And yeah. then for some reason, a giant metal piece smashes on his neck. Like drops, through a manhole. I don't know how, how to get down there. Yeah, almost like someone drops like a metal piece through a manhole and it shatters... Uh, and it, makes it was paralyzed. like a beam, though, that went a through beam. there. It was really strange. But, no, but you, you never find out why. Like, what? No. What happened? And is that cop connected to the murder? No. No. So what the fuck? Why? Even, what, yeah, why, why not just open it with him being paralyzed? Why do we need to see him get paralyzed? We don't need to. It doesn't matter. So strange. Yeah. So um, he also, so he's a former cop that uh, seemed to be like one of the top, maybe the top friends of the guy they had. Yeah. Okay, fine. I, I buy that. Fine. Tenzel's a really smart guy. No problem. 
Why does he have the nicest apartment in New York City history? Oh, well, I thought, I just figured, the way that I explained it is he sold 12 books and taught around, and like, he wasn't really a cop anymore. He, taught, he, he was going, he was going around the world. for the police academy. No, he did 12 books. He wrote 12 books. He, he brags about it all in right, the film. I wrote right. 12 he, he books. Does, he does talk about the books, I guess. So I all wonder, right. I just wondered well, if he was doing the speaker circus. Was he doing circuit. it as a cop? Because no cop's going to lie to No, he was books. doing it as a cop. He was like, because he was going, there was, the uh, I think Ed O'Neill says, character says, he's burning the candle at both ends. He's traveling all over yeah. the world. You know, giving speeches on this, wrote twelve books, that type of shit. So I so, think that was probably so before. He, did he write? Are these? Fiction, just are these fiction books? I don't know. What no they one's. Are. They're twelve manuals for 12 cops. Profiler books, maybe. You're, I don't know. You're not. You're not giving that information. You're not going to get an apartment that nice. They would have to be like Robert, like no, like it is Stephen huge. King, like it is a huge apartment in New York. They have fiction books that blow up. Yeah, because nobody's gonna go and buy That's a, a seven million dollar for fucking cops. Seven million dollar fucking apartment. Yeah, it's, it's it super has a skyline. It's beautiful. They bring in at one point. There's like 20 cops all <laughs> exactly. working on this one case. But they don't go to a. They go to his apartment and work there. That room is like the size of a ballroom. It's insane. It's gigantic. No, but I'm sorry. Twelve boys is not explanation because if they're manuals, no one's buying those. No one's buying those. Now, if they're fiction books, fine. But no police. You can't write fiction books while you're a cop about murders. No, I don't get it. And then. Yeah, so I just figured maybe some sort of settlement, but they but they don't they don't say that either. They say the settlement oh, the settlement is they pay for his they give him they still yes. give him a salary right and they pay and for he the gets medical to be a care. Cop still. Yeah, but like no, that doesn't make sense. This is huge. So this movie wants to be uh, a marriage between Rear Window and Seven. Yeah. So have you seen Rear Window? Yeah. Okay. So I just watched Rear Window uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Laura had never seen it, uh, so we watched it. Uh, I I cannot recommend it enough. It holds up. Uh, if you are not, if you are not at the edge of your seat screaming out loud, I, I, if, okay, I promise you by the third act of that movie, it starts slow because that's part of how it works. Yeah, yeah. And you end up kind of becoming, you, you, you see so many things from that Jimmy Stewart character. Jimmy Stewart plays a photographer that has his leg broken. He's kind of trapped in his house, I his apartment. He paralyzed, yeah. Uh, okay. He's not paralyzed. He just, he's, yeah. has his leg broken. I see. And uh, he's, he's in a wheelchair. And, um, so he, he's bored and he's just looking out his window all day because it's 1958 and there wasn't a lot of stuff to do. And uh, so we kind of across from him is a, this like a kind of a courtyard and his apartment right directly across. And he just kind of spies on his neighbors. Yeah. And, he, and he's funny. He's kind of shitty. He like, makes fun of some of them. Some of them are just kind of intriguing. Some of them are kind of pathetic and you kind of watch him. And then something mysterious happens in the one, uh, one of the ones across from him and he thinks a crime was committed. Right. And then it's him just kind of putting, and his girlfriend is played by Grace Kelly. who's fantastic. And it's, uh, it's, so it starts off kind of like slow, uh, but it's fun. Cause you just, he's like so likable, but by the third act, cause it's a Hitchcock film. If you don't know, uh, you are so riveted. Uh, you, I, I promise you, everyone I've ever seen this movie with has, t- like, they talk out loud to the screen because it is, the suspense is so palpable, you you have to emote yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, because you, you are literally, like, it's the kind of thing where you have, like, your nails in the armrest, like, and you will be marks. It is that exciting. And it starts off so slow, but I cannot recommend, if you haven't seen that, I please go see Rear Window. It's I was 1958. It is in color. Um, it is Hitchcock. It is Hitchcock's best movie, in my opinion. It, is, mm. uh, it, is, it cannot get any better than that. Um, so it has those elements. We have kind of the, the lead actors kind of trapped uh, you know, in his own body. Uh, and then you also have the elements of Seven. In fact, it even uses the, the killer at the end of uh, this movie, uh, the Bone Collector, is in Seven. He plays the guy. That's right. uh, I think he's the guy that had to wear a knife when he fucked the hooker. That's exactly right. And, so he uh, lives, but and is, he's, like, yes. he's all like shook yes. up. He's like, he's That's like fucking right. rattled. Um, and, uh, and he's very good in seven. The guy's name is Leland Orser. You've seen him. He's been, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, he does a lot of TV too. Yeah, you see him all over the place. He's, he's, yeah. Uh, 
So he he is um he's the bad guy in this, and he's fine. He kind of eats it up, but the reveal of him being the bad guy is ridiculous because you only see him at the very beginning of the movie, and he has why did he just kill him? Why does he just kill Denzel then? He's trying if to he play has, with him, I guess. I don't know. If he has access to Denzel, he's basically kind of like almost like a... Uh, he's like, a tech. He's a med tech. A med tech, uh, yes. Right. That's keeping like his heart monitor and machines. He could have um, just right. killed... Like he's... The whole point... The motive you realize after it's revealed he's a bad guy, of course, is that he... Uh, Denzel didn't believe his findings and because of that he was sent to jail? Okay. But then... But... but so that wasn't resolved either. It was... Den, did Denzel fuck that up? Like we don't really know. No. But I don't want to believe the fucking killer because he's a fucking killer. But I want to believe really Denzel, it. but they didn't. He didn't deny it, so it was very weird. So he went to prison. So right. So he goes to prison. So the, the thing is, okay, let's say you're right. So let's say he's just kind of doing these like it's cat and mouse thing with them. Yeah, he's trying to outsmart Denzel, yeah. and uh, fine. That would make sense if we don't find out through the movie that most of the clues he left actually were ignored. The clue that kind of tips us off was kind of found by luck and easily could have been ran over by a train. Oh, that's the shitty part. So yeah. like. There's a, and we also know that he's almost at the end of this book. He's basing all of these uh, these kills off of this book called The Bone Collector from the early 1900s. Right. Well, the book's almost over, so he would have committed all of these crimes, and then Zell wouldn't have even known they were connected. Yeah, it was very... They, he should have been... It should not have been connected. There's just little scraps of paper that would have blown away in the steam room. Like, there's... It would have been like really the, hard to put all this shit together. The chances of Angelina Jolie even finding the initial evidence is oh, only just some little boy, some homeless random boy, by the way. Yes. Okay um is just in this rail yard yeah uh, but okay fine i'll buy it but if you if you want to get denzel's attention if the whole reason you're doing this is to create cat and mouse game with denzel wouldn't you want denzel to find the evidence why would you put the evidence on train tracks doesn't make any sense the train could have gone right over that fucking evidence taken the arm out everything would have been done like it, it made no sense it makes no sense it's movie is it's just consistently and constantly stupid and then do we really believe that angelina jolie has fucking photographic memory and remembers the badge number of uh, Denzel Washington, so she figures it out. No, and what does it matter? It shouldn't matter. But like, what? She basically at the end of the movie, she ties kind of where the killer's shed is to uh, like an abandoned rail yard, yeah. kind of by uh, like a boat yard issue, or it's a rail yard near a boat yard that was Staten Island ferry. Fine. So she realizes that that's the killer's lair because a train number matches Denzel Washington's badge. Exactly. Why would that mean and, anything? And what only, that, what is it, I don't understand the connection. And, and it only it only calls attention to it because it's not all dusty. Like that just seems like it seems too hard. Oh, that's too hard. Unbelievable. I also don't buy Angelina Jolie's a cop. It's ridiculous. She used to be. They they do. They even acknowledge it because yeah. there's a part where uh, another cop is in her apartment. He goes, "Oh, you used to be a model." It's like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense because this woman is not like a cop. This is ridiculous. Ah, I'm fine with it. I lived in New York for four and a half years. You never saw a cop like that? I never saw a cop <laughs> remotely close to that. This yeah. is like, it's ridiculous. She had daddy issues. It's fine. <laughs> Very strange. This movie is terrible. What do you get this movie? You seem like this more than I do. This movie oh, sucks. I, I wouldn't say I like it. I just you think it's act- not trash. No, this I think act- this, movie is the, this movie is good on the epitome of trash. Well, you just called it a D. I don't think that's trash. Trash is a fucking F, no, isn't it? No, no, no. F is like Alvin Chipmunks. Alvin Chipmunks. I think I've only given a couple Fs. Alvin Chipmunks, Battlefield Earth. Uh, oh, and uh, City of Angels. Okay. I don't know. know. D plus C minus. I think the acting is pretty too- good. Am I too kind? <sighs> so you... <sighs> what do you mean? It's just like a C minus, man. Like the... You know, I don't know. Maybe man. D. 
I don't know. It's close. DC minus whatever. It's hard to say down there. I call these shit movies. You like this movie? You like Princess Mononoke? <laughs> You're such a dick. I did not say that I like. I don't like this movie. I didn't find it that entertaining. I found it stupid. I found a lot of part of most of it was stupid. There was a part of me. I was trying to think about how I'm going to rate this movie. You know? Yeah, sure. And I'm like, all right. Well, I got to admit though, if you said which movie we would have to rewatch this at Princess Mononoke, you would do. Mononoke. I'd probably rather watch Bone Collector because <laughs> Mononoke is such a fucking drag. And this movie at least was like, this is like one of those, like, it does fall more under like the battlefield earth, like so bad it's entertaining in a way. Like it wasn't like so bad, it, like left me upset. Um, like, no. Like City of Angels where I was City like disturbed. City of Angels is very but it wasn't so bad, maybe angry at Galvin and Chipmunks. Right. It's, it's more like so bad it's like goofy and stupid. Yeah. Um, Although. But like Mononoke is like such a level of boredom and just like, uh, I just, I could not be more passive about like what happened. I could, just, could not care less. I kind of cared about this because I was just curious to see how dumb the ending would be. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It's so weird that she was stroking his finger. <laughs> like the only part of him I that like has it. any feeling yeah. and she's like touching it while he's passed out. So Denzel Washington just has a seizure and he has seizures a few times in this movie. And, yes. and as we said, Queen Latifah like sort of puts oxygen on him and he sort of revives. He's passed out. Angelina, Jean, uh, Angelina Jolie's character comes in and it's just like watching over him and uh, just starts stroking his finger. <laughs> it's and like, he wakes what? up. And he does wake up and he does. He says what we're all thinking. Oh, you're molesting a handicapped man or something. Yes, yes. I think he actually uses that phrase. And it's like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? And it's so like, she's very sensual. She what seemed, she's doing is she seems weird. Like really disturbed. And I know she's going to go then play girl and this. So maybe she's like getting some, maybe get some reps in, but she seems like someone who's like, but what does she think is going to happen? Damaged. What does she think is going to happen? Like all these intimate moments with this, this guy is really, well, she strange. got her at the end At the end. She's in some like party dress and they're having Christmas and she's, I guess she's in. Uh, I'd say I guess he's in, but I don't think, I he, I don't think he can be. Yeah, what can, what's he gonna do? Maybe there's like a, a lot and like some sort of attachment to his a lot bed. Of sitting on faces. Um, <laughs> so this this movie is not good. Denzel Washington. I got one question for you about Bone Collector. Why? Why? Eh, I wonder what the paycheck was like. Why would you do this? Well, actually, that's a great question because it's a um, it's someone who wrote it that has no name. It's a director who, I mean, I guess they just came off of uh, Patriot games and whatever, but not really a good director. I mean, Denzel's not coming off a great string of hits either. I guess. What but, did he do for 99? Eh, it's like, it's like, it's a uh, movie. We talked about a bunch of times. In the show, bro. Oh, it's uh, the, the one, the siege. We keep alluding to it in the show. Oh, the siege. Um, like he'd come off a of kind of a rough and not like he just, uh, you, this is, uh, this falls under like Denzel trying to, although then again, like Herc Minahan always says, Denzel Washington is like the best actor. It's just in so many bad movies. Yeah. Like, and uh, you know, and we've talked about it before. I think we did a comparison once, uh, another Denzel, like Tom Cruise, like, you know, that like there's some racism at play. Like Tom Cruise is going to get those parts that Denzel didn't get. Well, no, Tom Cruise is always going to have first, first, yeah. right. But yeah. like this time in history. Right. So like, so then Tom Cruise gets first ask. But yeah. Like Denzel's always kind of left with the, like the just desserts. And, um, a lot of times those movies obviously aren't good, but you can also say no. Like you don't, yeah, you don't I, have to I, guess do it. You, I mean, I guess you obviously need to work, but like, but he does a lot of movies. It's not like he's, it's not like he's been that selective. Like he's, he does I, movies like every year, he, but he's never, he's getting what comes with the strainer. He's yeah. never getting that first bite. And yeah, but, but then again, there are movies that Hollywood makes that don't star Tom Cruise that are still good. Yeah. Like there are other options. It's not just like, there are plenty of good movies. That I'm sure he could have been in that he's choosing not to do. He kind of starts taking over the Tom Cruise role. He, d- he does more action uh, in the 2000s with like, um, oh, it's the uh, like man on fire yeah. and that type of stuff. Right. He kind of goes into that. 
he kind of starts to go into the yeah, action. Yeah, he does. I mean, he, maybe winning that second Oscar, he's like, well, I can just kind of just do these kind of action movies. I don't know what the mindset I is. I, I, he, there's the movie Flight encapsulated this better than anything else, where he gives a great performance in a yeah. terrible movie. I like Robert Zemeckis. That movie is total trash. That movie is probably just as bad as this one. I would say this is really bad. This is a bad movie. He's good. This man. movie sucks. He's in this one. No, Flight. I think he's good in this one. But he's, he's really he's, good in Flight. He's this, good in this Flight. This one, he just. Checked out. I mean, he's laying down the whole time. He's like, ah, fuck it. He's just like, I don't know. I, he pretends to be like this, like, he he can't quite pull off that sinister thing where he's like, kind of like, uh, where he, at one point, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. At one point, he wants Angel and Joey to take a, a, like a saw it's, and cut off right. a corpse's hands. Yes. Okay. To get handcuffs. We need those handcuffs. And you can't print on them. So I want you to cut off the victim's hands. Where meanwhile, she's already kind of showed apprehension about doing other things, uh, like that are much more mild. And, uh, but like the way he asks it, he he becomes kind of like conniving Denzel. He does, but it doesn't work. No, because he's too likable. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. They didn't really explain her issues that well either. No. So her dad okay, so killed found himself. Her, yeah, so she found her dad's body, which I mean, is very sad. Sucks, but but why does that make you a cop? I don't. I don't. Not not well, only that, she already but, was a cop. But, but like, not only that, but squeamish about doing police work. You're already a cop. Like you're a police person. Like, right. You're doing. And, she, and when her dad killed killed himself, she was already a police officer. Right. Yeah, so she's like an adult. It wasn't like she was a kid. No, so I don't get that. That wasn't. I'm not saying it makes any better, but like, I, I, it, the trauma, like, like they, they didn't really do a good job explaining exactly no. why this trauma affected us. But because she spends the whole movie kind of haunted and almost in tears. Yes, but like you don't. We don't really know which is why. Very sad and probably close, but like we don't really. We also don't know when it happened. No, it could have been oh, a couple of weeks ago. It could have been uh, two years. Ago. If it was a couple weeks ago, then it's like oh, this kind of makes a bit more sense why this woman's so haunted. It was like four years ago. It's like all right, that's sad, but. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing here. I guess they're trying to establish her as a loner with, uh, yeah. with the, the Bobby. Bobby, kind, Bobby, kind of who has kind like of Bali, a, who's a uh, two minute, two minute role. roll. So bizarre. So <laughs> he, he, bizarre. he's in one, literally one scene at yes. and you never see him again. No, that and was it, weird. And then she ditches him for uh, paralyzed Denzel. Yes. Who was the other cop though that they, so like that was the other, they sort of replaced, um, what is it? Cannavale, 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 Cannavale. They replace him with the with the kind of second in command to uh, to Ed O'Neill. Yeah, he sort of replaced him. It's like, why'd you do that? That guy's in a lot of like uh, Ken Burns, uh, Ken Burns, Ed Burns movies. Excuse me. Yes. he's in Brothers McMullen. I think I'm going by memory here, but uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but he, it was very strange. Like, why yeah. would you? You also have Louis Guzman doing that comedy That's relief. Right. That's right. He's in a Cubs hat. That's never a, explained. No, because he's in New York. That's very strange. Yeah, I. I don't know why we need comic relief in this movie. You also have Ed O'Neill with Chicago accent, which <laughs> yes. I even credit. Why don't I, even try? Do do? Don't, don't even. I know, but like, why is Ed O'Neill is a fine sitcom actor? I like I, Ed O'Neill. Yeah, did, did I like really, him. Did he really? I, I'll give. In fairness to him, he always doing the whole time is just reacting to things. So it's kind of funny. It's like all these reaction shots. Yes. Which, by the way, the director has no noise is not subtle. It's literally just Denzel would say something, and you mm-hmm. get. You get Ed Burns, whole, I mean, Ed Burns, uh, Ed O'Neill's whole face on your TV screen, <laughs> yes. twisting his head like a dog who just heard something. And then it just, Louis Guzman do the same thing. Like the reaction <laughs> shots are just like the most in your face things you've ever seen. This movie is so dumb. I, 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 anything else to say about it? I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's it. Um, I don't know what to say. This movie's stupid. I wouldn't recommend it. No? No. No shit, Matt. Uh, what do you give, uh, <laughs> what do you give, uh, what is the first, oh, a Fight Club. Thumbs up, thumbs uh, oh yeah, see it. Thumbs up. D- thumbs way up? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Fincher. It's great. Yeah, yes, great movie. Absolutely. Uh, we trashed it though. 
I mean, I feel a little I don't bit, think we did. I, I know. I, I just feel we like... we hold those directors to higher standards. We which do. I, and I also like having deeper conversations about films, yep. which movies like Fincher and um, Tarantino provide us. They do. Not the case with a noise film like today. <laughs> no. Um, where you're just kind of just shitting on how stupid the plot was. Um, as opposed to like the ideas or philosophies behind it, which right. Fincher and Tarantino allow us to do, which is why we have those conversations. Which yes. are good things. But just know it's a very good movie. It's a great movie. It's very, yes. I'll even, I'm going to say it's a great movie. Okay. And, um, see and go see it. Uh, Princess Mononoke. There's no reason to see it. See Spirited Away. No. Thumbs up, thumbs down, baby. Thumbs down. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I never recommended that movie to you. I did not I know, recommend that movie to you. I know. I just imagine poor Moss Dudley. Oh, sorry, Moss. Even, uh, even Maddie. That's not his fault. Maddie Anime doesn't like it, baby. I'm not Maddie Anime. What the fuck are you talking about? I can just. That's just what Maddie Anime would say. Two thumbs way down for Princess Mononoke. I don't give it a way down. I give it a down. Uh, thumb, I don't think you see down. Spirit Away, see Howl's Moving Castle instead. Don't see those movies. See, see those movies. Go outside. It's a You have no fucking idea. You haven't seen either of those. You I have saw no one right to say it. All you do is see, oh, see Ghibli. Wait, wait, see Ghibli. See Ghibli. Wait, wait. <laughs> see, one, see one anime you've seen them all. Is that what it is? No. No, no, no. Um, okay, so there's that. I've seen one anime. I don't want to see any more. Nah. Yeah. I'm so excited to do that. <gasps> I didn't know these lyrics. Did you know these lyrics? I knew some of them. I had to look up the rest. Like, I didn't know with the birds, I'll share this lonely view. I didn't know that I those didn't, were the I That's right. I, I, I thought it was. The, I thought you were saying blood in there, like I with the know, blood we shed, yeah. not with the birds. Uh, that makes it worse somehow. It makes it worse with the birds. I'll share this lonely view. That's actually not a bad lyric, but just in the context of this song and how he delivers it makes the song worse. Hard to make the song much worse than it is though. This is a bad song. This is a thumbs down song. This is not my bottom five. There's, you know, way worse songs, but this is how red hot chili peppers get exposed. This is how they get exposed. When they do shit like this, they get exposed. They are not, there's a very rare it's very rare for them to be able to write a melodic uh, indie song that's not funk-based and have it be okay. Um, Breaking the Girl is maybe the only exception of that. That is a phenomenal song, but most of their their fucking bullshit, you know, soft rock indie songs are absolute crap. So, and this is one of them. This is crap. Okay, so this song is not good. It's um, not good. And this this song bothers me for a different reason than it bothers you. Tell me. So this song bothers me because this is when Red Hot Chili Peppers became real boring chili peppers. Oh, yeah. So, like, this is when they, this is when this, their their sounds shifted. It, it really did. And uh, it's with this album. And it's really unfortunate because I enjoy, I think I like them more than you do. So, like, no, uh, I, well, I love Red Hot Chili. Uh, sorry, I, mean, I, I love tell. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Okay. I love that album. Yeah, and it's really good. And I even like, uh, like, One Hot Minute. Yes, yeah, um, not bad. That's like, Navarro. My Friends is a great song. I'm not a big fan of that song, but that's fine. I like the song a lot. Aeroplane's a good song. It, that is a good song, but it's a cover. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's a good song. It, it's, it is right. a good song. That's um, Dave Navarro. Uh, and obviously, Blood Sugar, Sex, Sex Magic, you have the, you know, all the stuff on there. And then you have, like, high, I know, another cover. Higher Ground off of Mother's Milk. Yeah, I'm not a big um, fan of that song, but it's, they do a good job with it. And it, it's, it's a fun-sounding band. Um, yes. I think I might have a little bit more patience for it than Matt does, but I like their, their stuff. I, I think... One Hot Minute is like a really underrated album from the 90s. It's good. It, it gets lost in the shadow of Bud Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, so it kind of like gets forgotten about. Yeah. But One Hot Minute is the album. Actually, I had that CD. I didn't have. I had a couple of the singles. Like I had Under the Bridge yeah. uh, from uh, 
from Boy and Tri- give it away. Trigger, yeah. And give it away. Sure. I had the single. I actually had to give it away on a compilation album and I had Under the Bridge from a different, That's whatever. Such a killer song. Uh, but the, uh, One Hot Minute is the one that I, I had the CD and I listened to it a ton. I have, and I have, and I went back and I re-listened to it actually for this show. I'm like, oh, I have some warm feelings about this. And then I went back and listened to like the hits off of uh, Californication. It's like, yeah, like this is when it all went awry. It does. So this is what happened. So Frusciante, after John Frusciante is the guitar player, he's who the youngest we, member. We've of the talked band. about in the show so many times. He's become like maybe, a regular. No, I think we've only talked maybe once. Oh, no, or twice. He's, he's come what? a million times. I wonder. I why. have no idea how many. How, well, a few reasons. A, we talked about when we did the. So there was we did, Yep. He was there. He was the one that gave River Phoenix the hot. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's the right. The hot shot. Yeah. Um. He, he's also come up before when we talked about uh, guitarists too. Like you, yeah, you, he's a very good you, guitar player. Means uh, someone who's also been in our lives for longer than you <laughs> yes. might have thought before yep. I did the show, at least before I thought. And he's someone that you like to talk about, which is fine. I, I no problem with it. I wouldn't consider him like one of my favorite guitarists or, no, or you, anything. You just but like I, to talk. No, it's different. I'm not saying no, no. I don't think well, most of you actually speak negatively about him. I think he's someone you like to talk about, which is fine. I have people I like to talk about too. I don't know. Maybe it's but, good. It's good to have threads in the show. It's, it's a positive thing. Yeah. So he, uh, so he joins red hot, uh, red hot chili peppers after Hillel. What the fuck's his name? Um, dies. Uh, Their original guitar player yeah. dies. Drugs. Yeah. The band right with fucking drug problems. And this song is about drugs. It is. Yeah. So Frusciante joins for red hot, uh, for, oh, for blood sugar, sex, magic, amazing album. His guitar playing is awesome. He's a great, when you um when you play like chords funk chords it's called comping he's like got a great he's just got a really great funk feel um he's not the most dapple guitar player he's not gonna like light you up with his speed or anything but he's creative and he play and he plays great rhythm guitar and that's very underrated like you Nile um Nile Rogers uh played with the band Chic he is he's he's like got we've talked about him before because he's got like one of the most well-known um, guitar comps has been in all these rap tunes. It's kind of, I, I would say they're parallel in that way. But so for Jante, huge drug problems after blood sugar, sex, magic, he goes away because he just goes spirals down. Can't deal with the fame, heroin, cocaine, the river Phoenix thing. Also trick was, there's was, that was, was a mess. Too. You see for during this time, there's video of him. Um, I, th- I think it was like him in this, yeah, this hotel. In the he looks yeah. terrible. It's, it's yeah. really fucking disturbing. Um, so they bring Dave Navarro in for one hot minute. Dave Navarro is, uh, is Jane's addiction. Very good guitar player. I like Jane's addiction, Fun, yeah, me too, but not a fun guitar player, like no. a psychedelic, uh, heavier sound. And so that's what you get. In and one I think that's why I like that album. More. It's good. Like I like He's a good guitar player. to an extent, but I, I liked what Navarro brought to that. Yeah. Album. It's definitely because you have the other three are more aligned with the funk. Yes. Sound. And you got Navarro with the more metal and psychedelic. So they kind of. It's bring a each other marriage. to me. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I like it. Um, so with Californication, so Navarro, then he has his drug problems and they kick him out of the band in, in 98. And Frusciante is clean. They bring him back for Californication. But he is not. The, the weird thing is, is Frusciante's solo stuff is interesting. And the way that he writes, and I'm not, some of the songs on here are interesting too. I'll play them. Um, but the way that he writes, he wanted to go more indie, soft rock. He brought them to that level and all of those songs on this album suck oh, bad brutal, californication fucking you know um scar tissue uh other side all bad songs the worst songs on their album let me let me give you yeah. another example yep. so uh, this is um this is a good song on the album this is so cool this is around the world yes yep listen to the bass versus the guitar and this is how the album opens yes and like oh yeah i'm down with that yeah 
That's a good song. This is a good song. Or even uh, Get On Top is another good uh, good example where you are pl- having the guitarist play off the bass player and they're doing neat stuff. No, I don't like well, maybe you don't like it, but it's, it's interesting to me and I like it. Uh, but still, once when you're rooted back in that funk, that is where Fushante really shines. When he's playing Scar Tissue, it's these stupid chords. He plays the worst. We've played this before. The worst guitar solo ever. People love this guitar solo. You know that? People love this. Oh, this is California case. This is the wrong yeah. one. This is, the, this is worse than actually, but... People love the Scar Tissue one. The Scar Tissue one is this. This is one of the worst guitar solos ever. People think this is great. It is shit. I don't get it. This is not a professional guitar player. It's so boring. It's it's a pentatonic lick. So easy. It's the easiest thing you could play on the guitar. It, it like so boring. The fucking voice leading. It's real stupid. boring. Peppers. It's real just so peppers. stupid. Did you see the video? Yeah, and actually, I like the video. Me too. It's, yeah. uh, so I'm obsessed with like the Mojave Desert. That area, I think, is really yeah. really cool to look at. It's awesome. I've been there. It's really cool. Yep. Um, and I love the open. You know, grew up in New England and New York City, like in New York, like I'm, I'm used to just expanse, like just, I'm not, not used to expanse. No, I'm used to like everything being like, yeah. like either trees or buildings are always around me. Yeah. So to have it just be like open, I was like completely blew my mind. So I like that they're out there and I really like what Frashante did in that video. Like his acting is actually really good. He's playing a stringless guitar and he kind of just like his face and the way it's shot. It's very much like this is, these guys have been through a lot and they want to make a change. And at the end, he plays the guitar solo on a stringless guitar, but it's really cool yeah. looking. The, the neck is broken on yeah. the guitar, too. Yeah, it's interesting. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's been through a lot, right? Yeah. And then he just, he doesn't even chuck the guitar. He just kind of, like, l- lets the guitar go, and they're in a convertible, and it goes out the back of the car. And I get the symbolism there, too. Like, like letting the drugs go. Yeah. It's like, really, it's, it, I, from an artistic point of view, I'm like, whoa. I was like, not moved, but I was like, well, that's really effective. It's, it's very good, yeah. Uh, it's very good symbolism. Because the song has none of that effectiveness. And that's the problem. It's, it's like the song sounds like they've resigned. The video yes. looks like he's moved on, but the song sounds like, okay, we don't have any passion for music nope. anymore. We have no passion for life anymore, so we're just going to write this stupid song. Um, which is different than, so he does, uh, his solo stuff is actually really interesting. This is going to, I'll play the song for you. It's, it's going to sound like he's playing easy riffs and he is, but they're compelling. Sort of like this hip hop beat. It's called murderers. It's good. It's really good. Like yeah. his his solo stuff, I think is very interesting. Particularly like his not he he'll, he'll sing in some of the songs he writes, like you know singer songwriter tunes too. But the he'll do yeah, just like kind of uh, hip hop beats behind some cool like guitar riffs, and they're not hard, but they're interesting. And that's that's what I like about him. He can do non technically difficult stuff in an interesting way. But instead, on these fucking adult contemporary songs, he does uh, easy stuff that are that's not compelling. And it just bothers the shit out of me. It's boring. Uh, so I know we were kind of knocking this song, but I think on some level, though, looking at this from a, as a 41-year-old man who's yeah. uh, lived through the 90s and now it's 2021, you have to give him a little respect because they're still going. Like, they're still alive. I do. You know, look, 
how many of the bands that we grew up listening to in the 90s are gone? Like Pearl Jam is like it. That's like left. They're all, think, go through the list. You know, uh, Nirvana, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, Soundgarden. Morphine, Soundgarden. Um, Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. I mean, you go through, and we haven't started. I mean, you just really go through Jeez, the list. A lot of them are drugs, too. And they're almost all, yeah, yeah. a ton of them are. Uh, and it's, it's really, uh, they're, like, they're, they're all gone. Like, there's not many left. Yeah. Um, that played, like, that real alternative, that real grunge. I mean, Red Peppers wasn't really grunge. They played in that same ballpark. No, we could just say alternative music yeah. of that time. Yeah, you had a lot of drop-off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess Dave Matthews' band is still going, but like, there's not many left that are still going. And um, the fact that they are, maybe they had to make this shift to survive. Yeah, maybe probably. You ha- maybe you have to become this if you want to live. You have to take some of that passion that edge and i um, mean and, and and lose it or else you die maybe yeah i mean sold 10 or 12 million copies too i mean it was a huge hit i mean the album went to number two in the year you know it had three or four hit singles didn't hit number one but still a lot of ra- radio play this is all over the radio and californication was all over the radio this is all over the radio and you know in 99 i remember that so i don't know it worked for them they probably made a shit ton of money um yeah, battled their demons and moved on. But there, but there is a lot of stuff that harkens back to their funk days on this album. That's compelling. Like those are the I I was you know I was listening to today. And I'm like the, these are these are really good. It's just but the record company <sighs> didn't think so, and the no, people didn't think so. That's like, true. I mean, people wanted the songs that became hits. Were more were the songs we mean you don't like. So like those, yeah. you know, maybe the audience. I think the audience. You know, ninety nine is a weird year for movies. Um, it's it's a great year for movies. It's one of the last stands of directors being true auteurs and being able to have true power. Eventually the studios kind of take it back again, Yeah, which, which is sad because the directors kind of got up with Pulp Fiction and with Merrimax and some of the directors had more power. And then, uh, after 99, they, they, when star Wars Phantom Menace comes out, they kind of lose it again. It's ironic that George Lucas is the reason, a big reason why directors got power in the late seventies, the big yeah. reason why studios got it back in the, in the early two thousands. But it's also a strange time for music. Um, you know, you have, we're kind of, Alternative's kind of done. And I think you need to make a change like Red Hot Chili Peppers did to survive. Yep. Uh, and I don't mean even surviving drugs. I mean, also surviving just being talked about and being played. Oh, yeah. Because people the, were burnt out. People did not want to hear Alternative anymore. No, because this is the rise of boy bands exactly. and Britney Spears and, and so you're all in that. This so. weird, yeah. like, 99 is, it's funny that it is transition. also 1999. But also is a transition, not only movies and music, but obviously, you know, obviously then we're into the next century. So yeah, sure. It is funny that it, it did all kind of come to this weird head. It did. Uh, yeah. At this time. I think um, you're right. And I mean, and they definitely reinvent. So they're older at this time. They're in their forties probably. So they reinvented themselves for a whole new audience. Um, you know, a lot of younger people were going to see them play at this time. They were in their forties. Oh yeah, they are. In 1989. Yeah. 1999. Yes. They're in the forties. 40. They were our age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're yeah. Yes. Sounds ridiculous. It's not. I think it is. Not, uh, Frushante is the youngest one, but, uh, Flea and Kiedis. Definitely. See here. Let's see when they were born. Kiedis. It's doing a little math. I am. Yep. Kiedis was born 1962, so he was 37. Ah, okay. close. I love, I love how Matt's like. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. That's 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 Corona in a nutshell. Uh, free born 1962, uh, so he was 37. 37. Well. All right. Okay. Yeah. Turn it. They were in their 40s. He's that's so close. Convinced. He's so convincing. Like if <laughs> if someone didn't have a bullshit detective, you just would believe him. You should believe me. I should, I should, no, because you're wrong. I'm like 99% right, though. You're really not. 
37. Uh, That's pretty close. It is. It's, it's, it's <laughs> could have just said 30s or, you know. Well, I would have had to say late 30s. I mean, because 30s wouldn't have, wouldn't have really, <laughs> wouldn't really worked. They were, yes, they were in their 40s. Yes. <laughs> okay. No, they weren't. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a quantum week, I get a nutshell. Uh, anything else in this song? <laughs> No, only that. Um, I did see that. Uh, did you listen? Ever listen to Mr. Bungle? It might be kind yeah. of a little about. We've, oh, we've had, we had this conversation already about Mr. Bungle, about Freshante, about Mr. Bungle. What did we talk about with Mr. Bungle? Uh, you've asked me. I think it might have been the Higher Ground episode. I think we think it came up there too. It came up right around that same time. Did we talk about Higher Ground? And I'm like, I'm forgetting that we had a whole Red Hot Chili Peppers episode. Yes. Well, I know we did. I... Wasn't Higher Ground the song we did? Uh, I believe it was. Was it really? Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe you could be right. You could be right. I just don't remember it. I don't remember doing higher ground. I remember doing breaking the girl and then we must. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's breaking the girl. So we did. Oh, we might've talked to higher Maybe. ground then too, but the wrong. Yeah. Album. I think breaking the ground, whatever the Freshante, whatever the Freshante discussion was, was, I think we talked to Mr. Bungle that episode right around. That's interesting. So they, I wonder why, because the problem is, so Mr. Bungle is trying to release their album. They want to release their album the same day that California. Ca- oh, California this is, oh, this is a different conversation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So California, and they call their album California. Oh shit. Both from the same area. Um, Anthony Kiedis hates Mike Patton. Mike Patton is an amazing vocalist. From like, No More, of from course. From More, yeah. Mr. Bungle. Really Lovage. Talented. Super like, talented. He does a tons of different projects. Tomahawk. There's, he is an amazing musician. I saw him at the Knitting Factory in New York with uh, John oh, Zorn. I probably said that to you. What were they? Is Mr. Bungle or Fake No, no More? No, it was uh, John him? Zorn, um, a DJ, and Mike Patton. And they were, I didn't really like it. It was doing mostly noise. It was avant-garde music. Yeah. He does a lot of avant-garde. It'd be interesting was, to go to, though. It was interesting. It, that, it was the same weekend I went and saw Saturday Night, or went yeah. To the after party Saturday Night Live. And the um, any musician friend I have uh, speaks volumes about Faith. Faith No More is like is like, great. Is like the comics comic of musicians. Yeah. Yep. But yes. Very good. Um. So, but Mr. Bungle is more avant garde. It's a little like, more out there. Yeah. I try to be funny, which sometimes works. Sometimes mostly, works mostly doesn't work funny wise. But but they're, they're able to try some different stuff musically. The album California though that comes out in '99 is very good. There's some awesome songs on that. That's funny that they had the same. So yeah. So they want to release at the same time, and uh, the record company for Red Hot Chili Peppers squashes them. So they're pissed. Yeah. And they're mouthing off a little bit. And what happens is Kiedis, uh, they were going to play some of the same um, same festivals in Europe, Europe, and Kiedis squashes it, cuts them off. Now, Mr. Bungle, is they're a, they are not a mainstream band. No. They don't make a lot of money. Like no. They have to tour to make money. Yes. So that cuts into their bottom line. So what does uh, Mr. Bungle do? Fuck these guys. And they end up learning Californication. Yeah, they, they, uh, I think the guy's name is Nun. Their bass player is like, we learned it before backstage before a show. It's not hard. And they ended up, <laughs> they ended up going on stage and like fucking reproducing it and making fun of him. You've got uh, Mike Patton in a blonde wig making fun of fucking Kiedis, uh singing with a lisp, like just fucking making fun of this guy. Those guys don't give a fuck. They anyway, don't give a fuck. Give, yeah. But that pisses Kiedis off. So he kicks him off a tour that they're going to do in Australia. So like really hurts their bottom line. Um, that bass player Nun says that that it it pro- it broke up the band for a while. Oh God! Because they like they couldn't tour, they couldn't make money, so they had to you know. So P- Mike Pat Mike Patton's making money because he's doing projects with right. a bunch of different people. So he's like, you and know, he's he, paid no more stuff coming yes. into the British rules. Right. They actually they did an album I think in 2020 again. Mr. Bungle was their first one since 1999. Oh God! Yeah, it's so crazy. I guess, so I guess that, that's like point. Chili Peppers. They won that. Well, one. they fuck. Yeah, but I mean, think of the star quality. Yeah, and you gotta be careful. You know, don't 
Don't fuck with the yeah. Don't yeah. Don't fight with someone who's an ink well, right? Isn't that the old kind of thing? I like, don't. Yes. Don't, you know, it's yeah. kind of same thing. I guess music. Don't. It's fight. too bad though because because like they're such an underground band. Like to squash them like that. That really it's a huge dick move. It really fucked them. Um, but anyway, California. Um, a better album than Californication, by the way. So check that out. It's a little more avant garde. You have to you have to kind of bear with it a little bit. Stuff stuff that I like. So check out Rear Window and check out California. California by uh, Mr. Bungle beautiful song on california called uh, retro retro vertigo beautiful song uh mike Patton is a phenomenal singer he has serious jobs Very yeah good. some of the fate and war stuff's awesome yeah, yeah yeah um which actually i mean key to you know that that's part of the issue when 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 red hot chili peppers are doing this softer alternative stuff is it really exposes Keatus. he's not a good singer no not a good writer right. of melodies yeah he just, no he's a way better like rapper or kind of sing talker yeah. guy like very good at that if super he's not, energy if he's not singing with fun it doesn't work it does not work no. he and needs that's to, he needs to be yeah yeah except for breaking the girl which is amazing yeah that's the exception um under the bridge is fine too i'm just sick of it because it was everywhere but it, it yeah, is I a guess good he's song not too. singing for fun there but but he but it's that song, I don't love that song. It's a good song. Right. It's just it's good. I, I don't, I don't hate it. It's fine. I'm, just, yeah. I'm also like just burnt out with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one thing I thought would be fun was uh, as we wrap the show up here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we often talk about like kind of doing we do games in the show. We haven't done enough of them lately. Hopefully, going back to one show or two shows a week will allow us to do that. Do more games. Um, but uh, so how it works with games is usually I'll kind of throw an idea at Matt, and Matt either kind of yays or usually yays it. I just yay. But uh, but then sometimes we'll just kind of talk through. Maybe we, we can make the game a little better. Yeah. So, uh, in the conversation we have with Jared Carabas, uh, about, uh, Blair Witch, uh, it just comes up like, what are your favorite horror movies kind of thing? So I think for Sixth Sense, each do our top five horror movies. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so for Sixth Sense one, which we're taping shortly, uh, we will do top five horror movies. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then, um, so then we have, uh, American Pie and then we have Mystery Men. So about maybe at the end of Mystery Men, we do our top five movies of the nineties. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The top five movies of 1999. Because you said that... Have we not done that yet? 99, we haven't done. Okay. We've done 97. Uh, because you said that you thought... Uh, you had a comment about something. So uh, that made me think about that it. That Blair Witch... Uh, well, maybe I don't want to say... Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Have we not done that yet? That hasn't been out yet? Have, oh, it, Jesus not Christ. Hurry. I don't know what time it is. Well, whatever. We've been... Seriously, we've been going back and forward through time. We have. Yes. We, well, just with the one episode. Yes, it's good. <laughs> That's good. I wrote it before we went on air. I said, right, don't now, talk about now, remember they, they the have Wednesday not heard episode. episode yet. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but we could do, but you do make a mention of something. Uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, I thought at the time, so I made a little pin in my head. And, yep. uh, so maybe like top five movies in 1999 for the Patreon show. Do you show think that's going to be enough? Should we do 10 though? Uh, it, it's There's so many. It's we can do five. And you have some honor mentions. You can do okay. them in there. All right. But because, because the it's five, stacked here. five is great too, because, um, it's the best pictures nominees. Yeah. So but that's not fair. I mean, it should be 10. That's what? fine. Let's do five. That's fine. Let's do five. But if you have honorable mentions, you can throw them in there. Okay. But yeah, so it would be, in theory be like the best picture, our best quantum week's best nomination, uh, best picture nominations for 99. Sounds um, good. Okay. So was the two, oh, that wasn't as much fun as I thought. Just what? Just that. No, well, it's just, not fun. Are we I mean, talking about it as fun? I guess, but, I, but it's hard to really people. talk about it because we're going to do it. So it probably wasn't. <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted to kind of give people a look as far as like how these things yeah, should work. Your instincts are I don't great. think that, that is interesting though in hindsight. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, um, yeah, so I don't know. Is there anything else? No, so we are back on uh, on Wednesday with uh, this with Jerry Carabas interview that we yes. kind of hinted about here. Yes. Uh, and then uh, on Saturday, uh, Sixth Sense. And then the Patreon show is American Pie. And then uh, a week after that, you'll have Mystery uh, Men. We'll talk about uh, that as we get later in the week as well. And then, um, and then, yeah, so we'll see you on Wednesday. See you then.